This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge. Because I just went gay all of a sudden. Weapons of class four and lower have been authorized for use during the purge. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. Government officials of ranking 10 have been granted immunity from the purge and shall not be harmed. There is no racial bigotry here. Here you are all equally worthless. Commencing at the siren, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 continuous hours. You can act like a man! What's the matter with you? Police, fire, and emergency medical services will be unavailable until tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. when the purge concludes. General, would you care to step outside? Blessed be our new founding fathers and America, a nation reborn. May God be with you all. And then went over to uh, the, the pirate shop, and then uh, I, you're telling me that he did that there. So it doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, so that's funny. <laughs> but he, well, I, like, uh, I hate to break up the little uh, road time love fest, but uh, you know we got somebody with waiting room for the past 15 minutes or so. So Sorry, on, on that way. note, uh, well, welcome to the locker room. Hi, Matthew. Chuck. I'm still me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Oh, we're missing today. We're missing T-Bone today. Yes, yes. So, you know, life happens, and uh, this mm-hmm. is a historic. Uh, this is a historic episode because this is the first time mm-hmm. that uh, Thomas has had to bow out of an episode. Listen, so when we say bows. Um, we here <laughs> in the locker room podcast understand that sometimes. The guts with the bubbles are yes. not conducive to sitting down and recording. And, and you know, and, and the fact of the matter is, like, um, as, long, as much as we've known each other for a long time and we all love and respect each other, um, nope, I don't want to hear you recording this podcast in the toilet. No, no. with the echo, no. I don't want to hear. I, we, I don't want to hear the plopping. We understand so, that uh, shit happens, and shit is happening right now. Shit is happening. Shit is happening. All right. So, well, so um, we have a very different uh, episode this evening, and uh, for multiple we should, reasons, apparently. Mul- multiple reasons, apparently. Yeah. Um, so we have a guest with us, and uh, let's go ahead and bring in. Let me hit that button. I'm driving, and I got all the fucking controls. So God, God help us. God help us all. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so like I said, we would have a different uh, different episode this evening uh, without Thomas, and we have a guest, and uh, we just brought in Mark, and uh, Mark, say hello. Hey. There he is. All right. So, Mark joining us, and Mark, I understand that you're in um, the, the treatment, uh, you work in treatment? Yeah. Uh, Want to kind of give us the, the, uh, the 411 on that, so to speak? Yeah, uh, so I have worked in like the substance abuse field for a long time. Um, I am currently uh, working for a place called Banyan Treatment Centers, um, which we have uh, treatment centers all over the country. Um, But uh, we do have here, well, here in California, in Palm Springs, like a special uh, treatment center that has like a veterans and first responders track that's like 
has contracts with the VA and helps people it's like getting um, like working with the VA to get into an outside treatment center is, is pretty difficult. So we have a right. that sort of walks, okay. walks people through that, you know? Okay. That's great. Yeah. Cause working right. with the VA on anything is difficult. It's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's like pulling teeth. I'm just getting started on trying to like work with them and it, it's the, the bureaucracy is nuts. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it is. It so is. for somebody who doesn't have that, um, that kind of background experience with dealing with the VA and for some of the listeners that um, are looking to enlist or have family members that enlisted. So it, it, are the VA famous for like, is it dragging their feet? Is it kind of like, uh, like um, it's like the treatment uh, is not there and readily available for, for patients or what's well, the, I mean, they'll send people to treatment. It's just, there's like a bunch of hoops they got to jump through. And then they want to, they want to treat them. Uh, so like normally, uh, you know, Banyan, we, we have a bunch of different treatment centers. So we have like mental health only, a bunch of substance abuse, we have eating disorder, all kinds of stuff. But normally if you have commercial health insurance, you call, right. you can get in that day. You know, the VA, you have to, we have to like contact your case manager and then get the process started. Like what they want to do is they want you in groups um, at a, at the VA facility. They don't have to pay as much for it, right? Yeah. Um, so they don't want to send people out to residential, but mm. oftentimes, most of the time, people need to start at a residential mm. level of care. You know, right, right? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, it's more well, personable, you know. Yeah, I think. Well, and it's like, it's, it's easier, you know, you need that like base to of sobriety as your jumping off point. And, uh, it's tough when you're going to a group during the day and then you're going home at night, you know, and they're like, Hey, stay sober while you're at home. It's like mm, hard. Yeah. 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 Especially if you're, if you're running in the same circle of friends that, you right. know, I mean, <laughs> you can get sucked right into that. Um, so how did you how did you get uh involved in this? Is there is there a backstory of uh you know something that was like you're like wow I want to do this with my life? Uh well I kind of fell uh ass backwards into it. Uh, okay. I, <laughs> I, I when I was on the podcast before I talked about my experience uh in prison, you know. Right, right. And, uh when I got out, I went into a sober living house and uh, uh got sober there. And then I managed that, um, that place for them for a couple of years. Then I left and started my own and then a second and a third and on and on, you know, and then, um, you know, I started working in the treatment space, um, you know, specifically in like residential treatment, maybe five, six years ago. Cool. Um, full disclosure. I, I missed the episode of the first episode that you were on, so what? I tried. I, I know, right? I mean, it was a doozy. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, now I'm gonna, go back. I'm gonna have to go listen to it. Tub toe material and everything. <laughs> it was. It was good. Yeah. Well, I'll listen to that one tomorrow morning on my way into work. Promise. Um, <laughs> so, well, I mean, shit, Marco. Do you listen to everything? Look, he's not even paying attention right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you talking to me? See? No, hell no. Do Fucking you look exactly. Yeah, hell no. Um, Honestly, I don't listen to him. No, 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 no. no. Um, 
No, I can't. I can't, especially with a three and a five year old and the job and the hours that I keep. There's no way for me to listen to all the episodes. Yeah. It's kind of shitty yeah. for me. Kind of shitty for me to say you guys don't listen to your own products. I'm like, eh. no, well, I don't listen to ours because I'm I'm on it, but I'll listen mm. to War Stories ones. But I get back to well, it. So for the sake of people that because we have we have people that just listen to War Stories, right? And we have people right. that just listen to Locker Room. To locker Room. I, I, right. It's it's not like everybody. No, there's very. Not everybody listens to both shows because they're they're fucking night and day, really. I mean, well, this I, is the this is the fuck around show, and and war stories is kind of more more serious, you know, and for <laughs> rightfully so. Well, right. I like to think about I like to think about it like kind of like re, reliving a drunken night, you know, what I'm saying like how many of us really want to be like, hey, let's sit down and go over all the bullshit that happened last night, you know, <laughs> while we were while we were fucked up. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So. So, Mark, for the sake of people like me that haven't heard the War Stories episode, um, so what? And this guy. Oh, and that guy. Yeah. So for both of us. So, so you did a you did a little chunk of time. Uh, how how long ago was that? What what that was time frame? Two thousand six to two thousand nine. Uh, okay. I was I was a guest of a different state from uh, that was end of ninety seven to like two thousand. So. In Arizona? In Arizona, yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, that What's was... That uh, like? God, so um, I was happy to go to prison because I didn't want to stay in jail because I was in, I was, you know, unsentenced for like six months going back and forth, you know, trying to get my uh, uh, my bond reduced so I can try to fucking get out, but that wasn't the case. And then, uh, honestly, they gave me a choice um, with a plea. It was uh, nine more months in Tent City out there, you know, Casa de Sheriff Joe at the time. Whoa. So nine Tent more months, city. nine more months in Tent City, and then five years probation or two and a half years the joint. And I'm like, take me away, two and a half, like easy. Like I, I was already, you know, the the six months unsentenced in that freaking hellhole, and and I was like, I don't want to go outside in this shit. You know, <laughs> it was enough inside. Um, so I was really happy to go to prison and just serve out the rest of my time there. Um, but that was, you know, did, did when I, I don't talk to anybody anymore. Like, I don't know anybody that I, that I was in with, I severed all ties from everybody and was like, you know, I'm fucking done, not coming back that didn't make, you know, friends for life in there. Um, but, uh, I've talked to some people did, you know, uh, like a coworker that did a little bit of time here in California when you were into they still do the whole heart check thing when you're out on the yard, you know, the first, first fucking day out there in the, you know, or, or does um, that even, does that term I even mean, register? Is it, I'm, I'm, you know, um, that's not really uh California kind of, uh, I think functions a little bit differently. Like you're, it's weird. I've heard people ask me all the time, like, Oh, did you have to like join a group to like, right, right. Like, Oh, and what did you, and I'm always like, no, you are part of a group as soon regardless. As you yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've never seen people really get, I don't think heart checked because most of the places I was at it was crazy. People were like, they would all, they would be like volunteering to go like stab somebody where i'm like why oh man yeah no that's i mean oh. my my experience i i was on like a um 
it was like a, a high medium yard when I, when I first went in. Yeah. Um, and it was set up, uh, you know, a bunch of little yards, you know, around the, the main yard that we all rotated, you know, time on. Yeah. And it was set up kind of like a fucking like a motel six, pretty much or two man cells that, you know, faced out, mm-hmm. you know, two stories. And then you had your little yard and a little basketball court, your own little chow hall. Um, so they kicked us out to our individual yards you know, right when everybody had their yard times, I'm, you know, in my cell, meet my celly, putting shit away. And then he kind of like slides out of the fucking room and I turn around and there's like, you know, fucking all the Peckerwoods, you know, pretty much just standing there. And, uh, you know, what's your name? You know, how long you in for, you know, what'd you go down for? Blah, blah, blah. And there's a story. And, uh, you know, this freaking guy behind him, he goes, I don't know, it kind of looks like a little punk ass bitch to me and walks over. And I'm like, ah, I think I know what I'm supposed to do here. And so I swung, we went at it for a little bit and they broke us up. It was like, and it was the whole, you know, okay, you know, we just wanted to, you know, see, you know, what you're made of, blah, blah, blah. This whole like Hollywood movie tough guy shit. I'm like, this is fucking real. Like this fucking happens, <laughs> so funny. you know, and I'm like, mean, all right, you know, you're there, but yeah, but I was like, really? Like I'm on the yard for I, like two minutes and this fucking happens. Like what I think you know? is, I'm sorry to interject, but what I think is crazy is that like what we saw, like, like Hollywood movies happened to you, but it didn't happen to him and he's in California. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? It's crazy. It's wild. But politics, it's different everywhere, I guess. You know, yeah, it might be yeah. different in and Virginia. Then, and then from then, it was like, all right, just hang with us and we'll take care of you. And I'm like, fuck, did I just join a game? Like, fuck, what did I get myself involved <laughs> into? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> shit. You know what is like, the, like there, there's a ton of like misconceptions about prison, right? Yeah. Like the biggest one that like, as far as I know, and everybody that I know who's ever done like state time, they're all like, yeah, nobody gets raped. Yeah, no, yeah, that that from what I understand, that died out what? like the late seventies. Like, that really doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Is that, isn't that how people like? <laughs> did you see that movie that shows Snowfall? I mean, it's still on. I think it's yeah. like an FX show. Right, right. And one of the guys who did like a long time, he was in. He was there, and he was like this one dude's cousin, but he was also a gangster. And then um, there was a scene in it where kid gets jacked. They go get the guy who jacked him. They were gonna make it right, and they were gonna humiliate him. And the guy like, let me take him to the room, and he takes him to the room, and he he just goes to town on the dude and uses it as a, like an intimidation, a dominance thing. And and I I to be honest, me being in law enforcement. I had no idea that that didn't that stuff didn't happen. I figured, um, you know, would you say would you say that would. he went to pound? Would you say that he went to pound town? Is that where? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure some stuff like that mm-hmm. does happen. But it's just because they probably, you know, it, it doesn't happen like not for dominance, but just because people have been in there for a really long time and they're not going to have a female contact. So they're just like, well, that guy well, looks cute. I'm going to. In, just do in it. my experience, when I was in, and this was, mm-hmm. you know, the ass end of the 90s no pun intended you said um (laughs) um, there's there's so many just gay guys running around that sell their shit like that that was just no need there's no need there's there's really no need i experienced california is super different like uh in in california is like the so three of the four like major groups won't allow um like gay activity right um and so it's just like not a thing so like uh if you're like openly gay at least back then i'm sure it's probably different now 
they would put you in protective custody, like from the jump, you know, really? That's interesting. Although I was in, so the one group that doesn't like, uh, have that rule is the black inmates. And I was in Tracy with a trans black woman and she was very popular. <laughs> I bet <laughs> like, like fake. Cause that's really my next question. Did that person have fake breasts? Yeah. I remember she got in trouble one time for walking around without a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I got a funny story about that uh, for a later date, but I can tell you when you get my fair. Do they, um, cause it's not the podcast for that, but do, do you think, and I don't know if any of us can answer what is this, the but podcast they, for that? but wait, I have a serious, kind of serious question. Do they like allow they them to, to keep up on all that too? But do they allow them to keep up with their, um, like their hormone treatments think when so, they're yeah. in there? Yeah. Actually, now, oh, I, now, because brand stuff is so whatever. Now, I think they put trans women in women's prisons in California. Wait, no, really? I don't know if that's true, but that's what I heard. I, well, first but, and foremost, it, it is first and foremost, it is California. Yeah, it's California. Which, which, so, which means that that is possible. And I also have heard to the grapevine, I don't have prison experience, that the California spread has avocado, just like everything else in California. You know, so I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, avocado toast. I'm, I'm, here's your avocado toast, gentlemen. Oh, here's your Jesus. avocado toast. Here's your avocado toast. It's on a, it's on a cracker. You know what I'm saying? And it, obviously, it, it does, it doesn't, it does include ramen noodles. I understand that. But oh, uh, you know, but I guess it, avocados out here. I don't know. But I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but avocados is a thing, you know. So yeah, if they put trans women in in avocado women prisons, no, in women in you know, oh, okay, in God, women's God. prison, right? I've known trans women mm-hmm. to have a male boyfriend, right? And they both give it and take it, and they both enjoy it, and they both they live happily ever after. And sometimes they beat each other and go to jail. Anyways different story oh. um oh, oh and so so if they were doing that what's going to stop them of i mean wouldn't you want two members below the waist you know all members the same as opposed to just a top different or are you going to put because it has a top different but a member below the waist and you're going to put them in a women's prison and the next thing you know people are getting pregnant yeah that's a good question i mean you know but it's oh, fuck, I don't uh, know. california so i don't know plus yeah. in the women's prisons I mean, think about that for a second. In the women's prisons, they're all fucking each other all the time. Yep. You know? They're all gay the whole time. Like yep. 100% right. of them. It's and crazy. they're all in the same cycle. <laughs> no, they, they, they group up like it's like a fucking herd and they all get on the same cycle. I was talking to some of the guards that where I was and they were like, there were guys that came from working at, at women's prisons and they're like, never again. Fuck that. It's fucking horrible. Yeah, that would be brutal. Yeah. Everybody's PMSing the same time. Jesus. Same time. They got to cut wow. bananas and hot dogs up. They don't give them anything. Freaking <laughs> swear to God. That's what he said. I have some crazy stories about when I was in the military <laughs> and oh, oh. in boot camp, but I'm not going to share them right now. What the fuck? I mean, oh, I can. you want to hear it? Yeah. Well, I mean, so yes. I was in North Carolina. I'm not North Carolina, South Carolina mm-hmm. for Paris Island where real Marines are made. Um, not that Hollywood BS. I was saying, where, the fake, where the fake Marines be? They're Hollywood Marines, you know, like the, gotcha. they look looking pretty, you know, smiling for the camera, mm-hmm. you know, get all the fancy shit. Oh, we have sure. no motherfucker. Okay, whatever, dude. We got swamps and fucking chiggers and shit, dude. This shit suck and they bury under your skin. Digress. 
Well, there is a company called Papa Company where it's all females, but they're kept on a different side of the island. You never see them until graduation, really. And we had a story from, an, I don't know how it got to us, but I guess one of the uh, fucking recruits heard from a drill instructor talking to another drill instructor that he was friends with a, a female drill instructor. And they had two girls that got caught fucking boning in the middle of the night, like going to town on each other. And uh, yeah, but they were, they were fucking, it was all the time. And he was saying it happens all the time over there. And even in boot camp, like the females were just, you know, fuck it. Like we're here for, for three months. Might as well just, you know, have some fun with it. Yeah. Plus it's like, you know, it's a pretty masculine thing to join the military, you know? So, you know, if women do it, they're, they got a little bend that way. Anyways, my sister was in the military and she's gay as fuck. (laughs) Okay. So back to, back to prison stories with, with Mark and Matthew. Um, (laughs) So you were saying another, another misconception aside from that is the whole uh, getting roped into like, you know, joining a gang or anything. Did you, did you ever find yourself on the wrong side of a conversation end up in, you know, with, without, if it did happen without giving any details, but in California, was it ever like, Hey, you're going to fucking run with us and you're going to do this. Or like you said, there were people volunteering to do stupid shit, but well, uh, uh, the politics of California function pretty like, so your spot is already set as soon right. as you get there because there's the sort of uh, overarching group of white of whites, right? And then within that, you have like a subgroup. So if you're wood, then you have like the, the you know, Bakersfield car or the Fresno car. So you're like part of that group. Or, you know, if you're skinhead, you're part of, like, that group, whatever. Um, So when I hit, it's just automatically, like, you are a wood, you're from this town, you run with this car. Now, there are gangs, a lot of gangs, um, you know, small, medium, and large. uh, Or I should say, like, regional and and then big. Um, But that's more of a prestige thing okay uh to get tipped up like that okay yeah um so in in arizona they did a really good job of segregating out all the like if you even had a whiff of of any a b you know ties you were fucking off on your own like they i mean when oh hold on from the white inmates or from the staff from the staff yeah right. so when i went in i was i was pretty i had most of these tats when i went in it was right out of the military and it was like you know what does this mean explain this and, da, da, da. and i'm like and i i i don't have anything remotely gang related at all but they really go through you with a fine tooth comb and then and you know your background and everything and um they did a really good job of of you know separating out everybody who was who was known you know yeah. um but but for my day one i got roped into not roped in i think i was just you know i was young i was a fucking kid um when i went in and i ended up being a little fucking torpedo on the yard sure you know and it was like fuck this is you know but it, but it was known with 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 the other guys that you know i'm only in here for a very short time so they weren't ever going to ask me to do anything you know 
to catch a whole nother charge or anything serious. There were other guys that were in there for fucking life that, you know, when I got, I got in a little bit of trouble and I got sent down to a, a little higher facility yard down in Florence with more of the, the big kids. Uh, and even then it was like, you know, just, you know, you're, you're doing this, this is your job. You know, somebody's acting a fool running around the yard or whatever, running the chow hall, go, you know, give them a tune up, you know, and just little shit like that. Nothing, nothing crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was, I, I felt kind of pressured into it cause it was kind of like, uh, you know, you're sitting at the big head table and I didn't know it was going to happen if I said no. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, um, I, my whole time, I mean, I don't know. I was a, I was young then. Right. Mm-hmm. I just had this bad perspective. Like I wanted to be in the mix, you know? So like when there was like opportunities, you know, when I was on war stories, I talked about being in a riot, you know? And uh, like, I had the chance to get out of that, but I didn't, I wanted to do it. I wanted to be there, you know, like I kind of okay. like, experienced oh. it, which in retrospect is so dumb, you know, but what are you going to do? Right. Right. No, we but, were, uh, sorry, uh, Marco. But did you light a mattress on fire? Like the movie? No, usually <laughs> like when, uh, like when they say the term prison riot, mm-hmm. uh, people think of like uh you know taking over the prison which in a way you kind of do but it's more like a massive gang war you know mm-hmm. like a uh 100 on 100 gang fight mm-hmm. that like just goes and goes and goes and they have to is, like is there music set to it like west side story oh, I wish. <laughs> no shark and jets i'm just just getting my be amazing <laughs> Yes, that'd be amazing. So no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So obviously, I'm here for comic relief. So, that would be um, amazing. <laughs> Blast that on uh, the yard, or just when you're uh, a yeah, jet, exactly. you're a jet to the end from your first cigarette to your okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> hey Matt, yeah, you want to know how are you gay? Because <laughs> I know the lyrics of that. <laughs> it's called culture, Marco. Culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I was in. I wasn't involved in one like that, but I was. There were there were always two groups in our facility that were always, you know, putting shit in socks and swinging around like freaking barbarians and beating the, the shit out of each other. What's that? What were the groups? Uh, what's the Mark? You're gonna help me out here. There's the what's the term for the? There's the the Mexican Americans, the Mexican Nationals, the Pisces, 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 yeah. yeah. The always they were always starting shit with each other always mm. we had we had softball equipment for about a month we had metal bats gloves balls until one bad call during a fucking game you know, Damn. i didn't know that wasn't gonna last i yeah, was I surprised because they took there were no weights or anything on the yard and then they brought out softball equipment and the first thing i thought was this is gonna end horribly but it lasted like a month yeah. Until you know somebody hits somebody upside the head with a fucking bat, and then oh, fuck yeah, I would... everybody's going at it. And then you know the we called the when the when the uh, when the guys came out in their freaking riot gear, we called them Ninja Turtles. So the, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the fucking Ninja Turtles come out, and then all of us, I'm like, fuck this! I just went down on the ground, you know. I'm like, because I don't want to fucking get you know hit or fucking you know pepper balled or any of that bullshit. Um, but yeah, they were always starting shit. They were always locking the yard down. It, it was it was like 
twice a month religiously they would just start some stupid shit i wouldn't hand out i wouldn't have baseball or softball equipment i had like wiffle ball bats you know what I'm saying? <laughs> big old clunky noises when they're trying to hit dong, 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 well, dong, trying to hit each true other. actual factual fact Strong. factual question that sounded weird but if if you if you know how they have those sometimes of uh like um therapies with with like spouses and stuff where they're like Here's your here's your phone bat. Here's your phone mm-hmm. bat, and just beat the shit out of each other if you guys don't like something they're saying. And they just go to town, fuck yeah, you fucking motherfucker, and just beat the shit out of each other. Why don't they just do that and fucking in prison? They used to do it back in the day. They had a boxing ring like at every prison in California. Hmm. But they I would st- I would ass- I would assume that would have helped relieve certain things like and keep things a little bit more manageable. Like hey, you have beef with someone, just go in the ring and fucking go to town yeah but then everything's going to carry over to afterwards you know that's true sort of oh fuck that we had gloves on you know it's oh it's a bat fuck you i'm just gonna punch you hey how does how does currency dumb question inside (laughs) say it again marco how does currency work inside so for example i don't know mark i don't know i don't know if you know but i'm a tattoo artist um so let's say for example like you know i got i got you know put in and I was slinging ink. How how does that work as far as getting like paid for services or like you know trading for stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like like how does how does that work? So there's a couple different um, economies working simultaneously. Um, there is uh, the like actual money economy where mm-hmm. you have money on your books and you can send that money out to somebody, mm-hmm. right? Um, that was a little more complicated because they always think you're paying a drug debt because you usually are. Um, mm. then there's the economy where you're, uh, trading, uh, food, hygiene, stamps, that kind of thing. So for trading for goods. Trading. So it's either, yeah. So Bitcoin, so Bitcoin is not a thing. So, uh, no, <laughs> no. no. Okay. Maybe not, not yet. Yeah. If you do <laughs> tattoos on the inside though, you'll, you, you're like set. Yeah. Hmm. What about um? What about what about the Pruno? How's the Pruno game? You know nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> how's the ta- how's the toilet one? Is that still a thing? Oh, <laughs> serious question. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, hooch. All, all, you, all that you have to do is take fruit juice, put mm. like mashed up fruit on top of it, and it Allegedly. becomes alcohol. Yeah. How could what it I- not be a thing? You get one of your boys who, who, who had a job in the kitchen that can sneak <laughs> out packets of yeast to kind of help that speed up that process. Dude, I, <laughs> I had a, I had a homie that I worked with. Um, it was a really good friend of mine. And while we were working together, he's, he learned how to, he learned how to tattoo inside and enjoy it. And we had conversations back and forth about certain things about how to make ink and blah, blah, blah. So I actually know how to make ink, uh, how to, how to make prison ink. Um, but one of the things we did one day is like, you know, it's like he said, fuck it, we're gonna go to the store, we're gonna make our own like uh our own toilet wine. So we went and got a uh one of the home five gallon homer buckets from Home Depot, squeezed some oranges, like we got more oranges than anything else, started squeezing oranges in that motherfucker with a paper with a fucking plastic bag, and we made Pruno in the fucking shop, in the tattoo shop. Nice. Oh, I was uh I was at a prison where a couple guys actually had a still. So no come again? Shit. Yeah. So One more time. How'd they go? What? They they had a still in their cell, so they would take the pruno and make uh, it's called white lightning. It's like hard alcohol. Yeah. 
It's actually not that complicated, surprisingly. Oh. How did they hide that? From- I was going to say, how the fuck did they hide a still? Uh, well, you only need uh, all you need is like a two bags, and a, st- a stinger is like a thing that you plug into the wall that like elect- uh-huh. you put it in um, your water to get nice hot because you've got no fucking hot water in your cell. Yeah, for that okay. instant coffee. <laughs> you put your stinger in the one bag. You put a tube mm-hmm. going to the other bag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it just oh, okay. boop, 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 boop. You know. Fucking genius. Wow, that's interesting. I saw guys who had a like one guy who made a syringe and it was like this big and it fit mm-hmm. inside of a pen. You know what I mean? Like I've seen some ingenious things. Hmm. And that was for what doing heroin, right? Yeah. And how sick? I'm just this is for both of you guys. Um, and I guess for Marco since he and his buddy made it. But uh, how sick does that prison hooch? get you and how fucked up does it get you i was fucking hammered <laughs> <laughs> let's get to this let's get to this first of all he he kept i mean in, in uh in my out <laughs> my out of uh, jail experience he kept it as traditional as humanly possible we actually sat there for a, for a fucking couple of hours breaking little packets up like we were out so we could have gone like a big sack of fucking sugar he's like no no, no. We got to make this as G as possible. <laughs> so we sat there fucking cracking open little packets and putting little packets of sugar. Uh, we're sitting there. We call it burping the baby, but you know what I'm saying? You got to open up the bag and get the fucking, you know, get the yep. gases out of it. You got to burp yep. it. Because uh, when you don't, don't, that, it go, don't do that, it goes boom. And then the whole, like, you yeah. smell it everywhere. You go, oh, somebody didn't um, fucking burp their shit. <laughs> now, if he was really oh, giving you the full prison experience, he would have had you, like, blast baby powder out into the air so nobody could smell you burping the bag there you go oh yeah no we didn't have, we didn't have to, we should, yeah we didn't have to do that but yeah no we did have to fucking add more sugar because it, it takes it took us i think it was like three or four days to do it and then we had yeah. to fucking straight and then we had to strain it um we used panty hills for that i'm telling you i got a fucking experience uh so how sick does it break. make you I mean, just like any other, if, if you drink too much of it, you're going to get fucking sick. Yeah. Oh, you don't just drink it and be like, huh? like it's gross? Or is it good? Does it taste good? It doesn't taste good, no. No. No, it did not taste good. It was, but, it was, it was not, it, was, it wasn't coming out of Napa Valley. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, <laughs> What's it comparable to? <laughs> Bad oh, jungle God. juice. Yeah, maybe like. MD 2020 or night. Oh, yeah. I like, I like Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> oh, so we used to drink in Boone's Farm. We used to drink that shit in the Boone's Farm. Farm. Oh, Strawberry Hill. Oh. Oh. I mean, the big problem with it is once everybody starts drinking on the yard, then yeah, there's like a bunch of fights and it's like a whole thing. Mm. That's like the, the big, big issue with it. Yeah. Um, I had a, I don't know if I told you, you other guys a story, but. One of one of my sullies had this ingenious way of getting dope into the yard. Oh. So yeah, where you're allowed to, your family could send you like all sneakers, you know, tennis shoes that you could wear. They could send you that. They could send you like the there was like the you know the the fucking TVs you can get sent in that are all fucking clear so you can see the inside, and you're allowed to have one in your in your cell, but it was on your own. It was your family's dime to send it in. So. His brother would send him shoes. He had a brother. They both had the same shoe size. So when they would have visitations, his brother would wear the same fucking shoes that it, that my celly was wearing. 
And, you know, you got to keep your hands up on the table, no touching and everything, but they don't really look at your feet. So they would take their shoes off and swap shoes under the fucking table. And what his brother would do is at home, he'd cut out part of the part of the sole, the bottom of the shoe, pull that out, pack it with dope, you know, and then hot glue that back on. So then they're swapping shoes. And when you do the strip search going back in, they're looking at your shoes, but they're not really like, you know, and if you, he would cut it right on the tread line. So it was clean and he'd come back in and freaking pop that off and boom, there it was. I was like, holy shit. Pretty smart. It's ingenious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, everybody that I knew just brought it in, in their asshole. So. Yeah. Ooh. They didn't, they didn't do the whole freaking. <laughs> they just uh, prison walled it. Fucking. Yeah, I, I, That's fantastic. My, my grandmother came and saw me like two or three times. Uh, before I went down south to Florence and she brought my sister one time. And then I was like, you know what? Quit coming to see me. They're like, why? I'm like, cause I get, the, I get a guy that looks up my asshole with the fucking flashlight going in and coming out of these fucking visitations. Like I can do without that in my life. Like the freaking bend over, mm-hmm. spread your cheeks, cough. Like, yeah. But they didn't make you do that when you moved around the facility. As far as. What do you mean moved around? Search. When you go to work and back and like No. Really? No. Yeah, I mean that I worked I you? worked in the I worked in the kitchen on our cuz we had each little yard that was butted up against the the big yard with the track yeah. had its own had its own little chow hall. So everything was was right in there. And then um the last cool job I got before I got moved was um up at the main gate where the the visitors come in and it was like being a porter basically for that facility. So that was cool. But just fucking waxing floors and just hanging out up there all day. But no, they never, they never uh, strip searched us for moving around the facility just when you were going in and out of a visitation. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. How do you wind up getting the, the different jobs? Luck of the draw. I mean, you, I started out uh, just fucking raking rocks for 10 cents an hour on the yard, literally just dragging a fucking rake behind you on the fucking dirt. <laughs> just, and then uh, I got a job uh, from that. I got into the mess hall and that was 25 cents an hour. And then when I was porter, that was 50 cents an hour. And that was fucking big money. What was your jobs like, Mark? Uh, so I had, uh, a, my first job was landscaping. Um, so like Tracy, where I was at first, they had a whole like work area. So we get stripped out going both ways, you know, mostly because there's like, you're going out there, you're working with like metal equipment. They don't want to see that stuff get lost. Um, but I got fired from that job and then, uh, and then I was on like trash crew. I really liked that job a lot. When you were when you were doing landscaping, um, were the Mexican inmates eyeballing the shit out of you? Because <laughs> I'm brown, I can say that. I, I, did, I knew that was coming. I was like, <laughs> uh, interestingly, uh, I don't think there's any Mexican inmates on the landscaping crew. I mean, oh, I, I, Marco, oh, I get that. The well, revolution no, no, is no, now. No, no, no. no, no, no. I, 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 I understand. Listen, I understand. I will speak for the Spanish delegation and say that we do that shit on the outside already. So why the fuck are you going to go inside and get the same fucking job? You know, but I mean, they legit, like, they try to give you a job, or at least they say they do, with mm-hmm. something you have, like, experience in, you know? 
because they'll ask you like what have you done what are you good at and then they'll like try mm-hmm. to find you something so it seems like counterintuitive you know yeah they yeah, never asked they never asked us anything they were just like this is what you're doing so you went from that to waste you said i'm sorry go ahead, oh, yeah then i was on the trash crew and then i got fired from that job too and then uh, wait okay hold on hold on how'd you get fired um i like i got into it with my boss the first one i okay. just i didn't show up to okay a bunch Fair. of times which is really 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 bad in prison because sure. They have to have everyone accounted for where they're supposed to be, you know? Oh, gotcha. Uh, It's like really bad to do that. Uh, And then the next one, I got into it with my like supervisor. Uh, And then after that, I got a porter job. And then I, and then I went to another prison and then there, instead of a job, they put me in like a drug treatment program. Okay. I was in that for one day and then there was a riot the next day. (laughs) Oh, Oh, geez. Uh, now, <clears throat> this is actually like a serious, serious question for both of you. Um, because we know the recidivism rates are so high, and I think, and this is just my dumb pea brain with a bachelor's degree, because I can say that now because I finally have one, um, thinking, I think that there would probably benefit from actual learnable skills to learn on the inside that when, when you come out, you have a better leg up than just being a, a criminal you know, that was stuck in jail, right. Or prison right now, right. both of you guys have been in. So you, both of you guys know kind of like what would work, what wouldn't, what do you think would be good jobs to have while you're in that would teach skills on the outside and keep people's hands busy to get away from idle hand situation. And granted, there are going to be people who just don't want to do it, who, who just can completely regress and don't do it and don't want to show up and, and things like that. But what things and jobs and skills do you think would be beneficial to learn on the inside that they could actually facilitate and do? Okay. Um, that's interesting that you brought that up. Cause I was going to bring up something similar um, to the point of my experience from where I was, I didn't feel like there were any programs to rehabilitate me that there was, oh. there was nothing set up to where, Hey, um, I had to seek out like, I got a phony GED because I just wanted to get out and take classes. I mean, I, you know, I graduated high school. I'm a smart motherfucker, but I wanted to do that just to have something to fucking do. But there were where I was, at least like only, you know, obviously where I was, there were no programs to, to like you're even talking about to say, Hey, do you want to learn a trade? Or do you want to learn, you know, this, you know, newfangled computer programming shit? Do you, yeah. you know, there, there was nothing offered. I had to seek out basically putting myself through to get my GED, even though I didn't need it, just can like, you know, do something other than reading books all day. And there was, that was the one thing when I got out, I had already made the decision. This was an isolated incident. I fucked up. I took ownership. I was one of those innocent people that was, you know, locked up because I was framed or somebody on me or some bullshit like that. Like I, I fucked up. I was like, I'm never coming back here, but I couldn't help but notice that my whole time there, there was nothing presented to me that was going to prepare me to, to be out in the real world again. There, there was just fucking nothing there. there the furthest thing from, from their minds, from, from what I experienced. Other so than I don't hooking. Know if, other than hooking. Yeah. Other than hooking, yeah. <laughs> my, I would say my experience was pretty similar there. Um, at one point in, well, so the, the first prison that I was in was called, it's called dual vocational Institute. 
do you think that then they used to teach like all kinds of stuff like auto body and welding and all this stuff but there's like a whole third of the prison that's just like classrooms and stuff that's like shut down you know um so there's no real like all the jobs are functional there's no real teaching jobs i would say if we were going to change anything i'd say there's going to be a certain amount of inmates that are like doing life on the installment plan that are just hopeless and right can't probably do much with them but there's going to be a significant portion that uh this is a thing they do in europe that i think is kind of cool like your last like year or six months or something you like leave the prison during the day and you go work somewhere and then you come back at night, you know, like a work furlough type of, yeah. And then when you get released, you can keep that job. You have a job, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Oh wow! Which I think like if you incentivized (sighs) business owners, tax cut, you know what I mean? Like tax, you know, you could do that. And like, that's half the battle right there. Getting people like set up. Cause like when you get dumped out after prison, um, even when you're motivated to, to get your shit together, there's still like people do what they know, you know? And when you're like criminal, uh, you know how to do whatever your thing is, you know, burglaries or whatever, you know? So it's really easy to like, just kind of be like, I haven't been able to work anything out, but if you have a job like set up, boom, you're already working there. You already know the job. I think it would go a long, a long ways to help a certain portion of the, of the, of the prison population. Yeah, absolutely. Cause when I, when I got out, I was, you know, I wasn't look. I, I fucked up. I made a series of poor choices at Lanami in prison. I wasn't like a, you know, career criminal or, or a habitual criminal or anything like that. But when I got out and I'm trying to find a job and got to check that stupid fucking box, have you, you know, been convicted of a felony in the past, you know, in arizona it was like past seven years you've been convicted i'm like man, i just got out it's like nobody wants to fucking hire you and they're not going to say we're not going to hire you because you just got out of prison like a week ago but it's it sucks because you know there's that and you know this there's this there's the stigma that you just you carry with you you know the whole you know once a criminal always a criminal and oh you were in prison and oh you fucked up and and so yeah i think the work furlough thing would be amazing given that somebody was uh in a you know low enough facility to where you know you know you would obviously you'd obviously give them the option like hey you're coming up on your your time out you know um do you want to go learn a trade and go go learn to work here and you can work at this this place during the day and then when you get out as long as you're in still a good standing you get to keep that job is that something you'd be interested in and if the person would go yeah i mean do you think it should be like a voluntary voluntary basis or do you think they should send most people who are getting ready to time out and then go there or only voluntary? I would say my experience in California is like they, the, the like administration would have to do a lot of screening on whether you're eligible yeah. because there's a lot of people in that are just, they're just killers. You know what I mean? And like yep. even, and a lot of them have dates too. They're like, I'm getting out in like a year, you know, um, that like you probably wouldn't want to do a program like that with. Um, but I think there's 75%, you know, that could benefit 80%, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if you weed out the, you know, the, the multiple convictions of a violent crime, 
I mean, you know, yeah. you're, you're not going to want to just, you know, maybe just give, give somebody like that too, too lengthy of a leash, so to speak, but. Which in California, I mean, there's so many. There's, there's, but there's so many people. I mean, I was, you know, you get locked up with a whole, you know, slew of different people. And there's some people that I met, I'm like, why the fuck are you even in here? You know, and you hear stories, you're like, what? Like, you got how many years for what? So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, a huge corporation. It's a big, uh, you know, even when I, when I got out doing the whole uh, parole thing, um, that that i felt like i was just trying to get tripped up to get sent back in that that was my experience i felt like it, it, i was trying to, they were trying to trip you up to you know to violate you to get you back in and that's like i said that's just my observation from from that that's it's uh you know it's it, it, something needs to change yeah it's it, weird it, like i had my i was on high control parole when i left you know uh which is like, but my, my parole agent was like, so cool. Shout out to agent Castaneda, wherever she's at. Uh, but she was like, I mean, she would show up at my, like high control. They have to show up at your house to test you. And okay. then you have to go there to test too. Um, but she would like show up, give me the test bounce. Always like super nice. It was like almost kind of weird, you know, <laughs> they had me on this thing where, um, <laughs> called in like they assigned you a color and my was maroon and every morning by 10 o'clock in the morning i had to call this number and yeah. listen to this message and they'd rattle off certain colors and if yeah. your color got called then you had so many hours to get your ass down there and get tested oh yeah huh. and it was every fucking day call in and and sometimes it was three four times a week sometimes i'd go a week and a half without having my fucking color called Whoa. so yeah crazy because wow. I was on like the highest. Well, I think there's like a higher level for like sex offenders, but uh, the highest control for like non sexual. And it's like so simple. They tell you what day, like you come in the same day every month. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like if you wanted to use, you could just use and like stop three days before. Make sure you flush your system out. (laughs) Wow. No, mine was literally every day. Call this fucking number. And yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Um, you guys want to hear something funny that happened to me recently? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my cousin is married to uh, a prison guard uh, here locally, and uh, I was talking to him like at the lake, and he was saying how he's like, "Oh yeah, man, I was just in, and there was like a stabbing. They killed this guy, you know." And my first question was like, "Okay, who did it?" Then I was like, "Whoa, stop! Don't tell me." I was like, tell me the details of how it happened, but don't tell me any like identifying things. And then let me see if I can guess who did it based on that. And he was like, he was like, okay, they put this guy on like, uh, uh, like punishment exercise routine and they made him do like 500 burpees. And then they stabbed him, uh, after he did the 500 burpees. And I was like, that was the northerners. And he was like, yep, you're right. It was. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, wow. Just by like how they did it, you know? Wow. God. That's horrible. That's pretty bad. You know, that something crazy that it would actually be is a very good quick little story. And it would go with this episode is that I was, had a friend who worked at a massage envy 
and I was in law enforcement at the time. Well, I was brand new in law enforcement, still in law enforcement. And she was like, Hey, I got a great misuse for you. He'll take care of you. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like, I don't care if it's a guy or a girl really, but I'd prefer a woman. And anyways, I was like, he's got strong hands. And I, that's what I really needed. I needed my back adjusted and, and get all the knots out. And so it was this, uh, this, this gentleman. And so he brings me back and he proceeds to tell me how he just got out of prison not too long ago. And I was like, Oh, cool. Trying to ask me where I lived and stuff. He's like, I see you're a cop. He's like, I like cops. He's like, but I didn't always. And he told me the whole story while he was in prison out in Palm Springs uh, near 29 Palms. <clears throat> and uh, so he told me the, the whole thing that he was in for. And then um, he always had this one guard who would talk shit to him, call him the N word, um, just be a real prick. And he, he kept eating his shit, kept eating his shit. Cause the guard was trying to go to him into a fight or, or whatever. Long story short, he gets out and he's like, you know, I'm going to go to, you know, I want to be a masseuse. Cause I got to learn a trade. So he goes to the massage envy school just so happens he gets a job out in 29 Palms where he got released because he didn't really know anywhere else to go. So he just went to school and went to be a masseuse out there. And lo and behold, one day, years later, the same guard who was being making him eat shit sandwiches and just being a dick to him and comes in to get a massage. And his masseuse ends up being the same guy he used to harass on a daily basis. And he goes, yeah, so I give him a massage and I wouldn't say anything. You know, it's kind of I give him a small talk, like, oh, what do you do for a living? And he was telling me, he was being open about it. And we're halfway into the massage where I'm massaging the back of his neck. And he leans into him and he goes, you don't remember me, do you? He goes, I was that motherfucker who you used to, and he tells the whole story, you used to make eat shit sandwiches, call me the N-word and just be a complete fucking asshole to me. He's like, but you know what? As he's massaging him still, and he's like, I've never seen someone's pores actually open on their body and physically sweat. He's like, but I saw it this day. And he goes, you know what? I'm past that. And I forgive you. And he fucking, or something like that. I'm trying to paraphrase here. And then he just continued on with the massage. He's like, the guy shut the fuck up. And he didn't apologize, but he shut the fuck up and he left as quick as I was done. And I was like, holy fuck. I was like, I could have snapped his fucking neck if I wanted to. And he knew it because I was massaging it. And I was like, oh my God, that's fucking crazy. And he's massaging me and I'm like, I'm a fucking cop. And my pores opening. <laughs> holy fuck, dude, what's going on? I was like, please don't kill me. And uh, he was a nice guy. And he was like, yeah, we should totally hang out sometime and, you know, grab a beer or something. I'm like, yeah, dude, you should t- totally, bro. Yeah, yeah, I live in that area. Yeah, we're- i was scared i was fucking scared i was like holy fuck guy was actually a really nice guy he'd been out for quite some time at that point um but i was like oh man you people need to be careful on who they talk shit to you never yeah. know yep. you never know your fucking neck <laughs> yeah wild i do like the fact that he leaned in he leaned into him as he was massaging him who oh, you whispered into his ear bro <laughs> Ooh, how amazing. intimidating is that Ooh. i mean that's fucking wild and like oh my yeah. god and you're in a totally compromised position right there like there's there's nothing fucking naked can, yeah <laughs> damn right. oh shit oh man well i thought that was gonna turn into a backdoor story if you know what i'm saying oh jeez. thank you gotta get a bigger oh. bell all right well, shit, Mark, uh, let's uh, let you get your information out for where you work and everything. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll post it up on the socials and Chuck will do his thing on War Stories. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. 
It's called Banyan Treatment Centers. I'm going to give out my cell phone. So if you are looking for treatment in any way, shape, or form, veteran, not a veteran, any level of treatment, uh, you can call or text me on this number, and it's my phone. I'll answer. So my number is 408-533-5087. Amazing. Thank you for um, that, man. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. That. Honestly, thanks for that. Yeah, thank you. Because uh, some, some people just, you know, well, so I'm sure, I hope if you need help, you'll reach out, you know, and know that from listening to this podcast, listening to today, that there are people out here that actually want want to help out, understand the mm-hmm. system is broken, the system is fucked up, and that are willing to help out. Yeah. And there, and, and there's your, you know, your, God, I, I tell, you know, I used to tell the, the young bucks this when I got out, I was a, I was a, a youth pastor for six years after I got out and did the whole church thing. And then that's a whole nother story, but uh, you, you don't have to stay stuck where you are. And there's folks like Mark and I that been there, done that and came out of it on the other side. And, and there, there are answers and there's programs out there and, and Mark, man, just thank you for, for what you do. Um, you know, especially from, from where you've been and, and, you know, like I say, you're one of the been there, done that guys. So, you know, if, if you're thinking, Oh no, no one's going to understand where I've been. There's, there's people that have literally been where you were and, and came out of it on the other side. Life so, uh, so much better, you know? Right. Right. Better. Yeah. All right. Well, shit. Um, anybody have any jokes and on a ha ha funny ha ha note, even more so. Yes. Um, oh, go ahead. What did Cinderella do when she got oh. to the ball? <laughs> how many times are you going to tell this fucking joke, Chuck? Did I? <laughs> I haven't told yeah, you. She choked like three times. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. Christ. It made me laugh. I forget. I have a small, my brain sometimes does not function. <laughs> oh, that was okay. Funny. Um, I, <laughs> I saw one earlier. Oh, we got a good one. What do you call a bedpan in Russia? Oh, what? A Putin. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's great. Uh, this goes with today's podcast. Uh, unexpected sex is great. Way to be woken up if you're not in prison. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled that from the internet. I'm just scrolling. <laughs> oh, Marco, you got anything for us this week? Nope. All right. What's the square root of 69? What? Eight something. Eight something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You know, I've recently uh, uh, lost a bunch of weight just by wearing bread on my head. It's a oh. new, it, yeah, it's, it's a new loaf hat diet that I'm trying. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wow. Oh, boy. oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> No, uh, Mark, you can jump in here too, man. If you have any freaking horribly awesome, uh, what's you know. warm, wet, and pink? Oh my lord! Hopefully, by Saturday night. What's up? <laughs> a pig in a hot tub. Jesus, that fucking stupid. Wow. What's, what's uh? What's green and fuzzy and will kill you if it falls out of a tree? What? Fuck, I don't know. A pool table. <laughs> I mean, this is true. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my Looking God. Looking through my 
my like tweets for something funny. All right, I got one. This is not really a joke, but dating a smart girl is like dating a detective who is on the case of why you suck. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking true. Uh, What do you call a sleeping bull? What? A bulldozer. Bulldozer. (laughs) Oh, man. I asked my my German friend if he knew the square root of 81. Hmm. And he said no. Okay. Think about it. Wait. I don't get it. No in German is nine. Nine. Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. Oh, either one. <laughs> How is life like a penis? Oh. Ow. Your girlfriend makes it hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um. Oh, this is this is this is stupid. An atheist and a CrossFitter and a vegan walk into a bar. Wait, uh, an atheist, an atheist, Uh a CrossFitter, and a vegan walk into a bar. Oh man, I know because they told me. (laughs) (laughs) As we all know, they all love to brag. Dear Santa, you didn't get me the thesaurus I asked for, and now I'm mad. You made me really mad. I'm mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> how do you make a pool table? How do you make a pool table laugh? Oh, tickle his balls. Oi! A lot of pool table jokes. Yeah. You know, What's um, the best. I'll oh, go for it. Oh, I was going to say it's been months since I bought this uh, book, "How to Scam People Online." It just still hasn't arrived. <laughs> i don't know if this has been told before but it sounds familiar um what's the best thing about dating homeless chicks Ooh, oh I, I didn't oh, know there was one oh, but what what is okay, the best thing you can drop them off anywhere <laughs> God. uh why did the sperm why did the sperm cross the road why because I put on the wrong sock this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what do you call balls in your chin? Oh, I know the answer to this, but go ahead. A dick in your mouth. Yeah, there's a there's a whole series that leads oh up to god. that. Is it really? Yeah, you ask somebody if you put if you put nuts on your chest, what do you have? And they'll say chestnuts. If you put nuts on a wall, what do you have? Walnuts. Walnuts. If you put nuts on your chin, what do you have? And they go, uh, you got a dick in your mouth. <laughs> That's so much better. <laughs> I didn't that. I wasn't that on here. Uh, what do you What do you call a cheap circumcision? Oh, <laughs> a rip off. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, I'm wait, I, got, I got a fucking great oh. one. I got a. Well, I got a great go, one. Go, 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 go. <clears throat> a blonde, a brunette, and a redhead are in an elevator. They're all standing there awkwardly until one of them spots a stain on the carpet. The redhead says, it looks like cum. The brunette smells it and says, it smells like cum. The blonde goes and licks it and says, nobody in this building. Oh, Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. All right. Well, (laughs) on that note, Marco, how can the people get a hold of us? Again, just like ask your mom. There we go. Hello. There it is. Ask your mom. 
You can get us on Instagram. You can get us like I, like I said a hundred thousand times whenever somebody says wrong. It's uh, locker room uh, mailbag at gmail.com. Uh, also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a share. Actually, share it if you can. That'd be great. Helps the algorithm. Yes. Other than that, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for bearing All with right. us on this Thomasless uh, Bubble Guts episode. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna hear all about it here in a little bit. Fantastic! Right right to his cloud. Uh, all right, and uh, until next time. Yeah, see you in the locker room. Bye bye.